Hello and welcome to Devil's Advocate. I'm Ben and this is Sean. Hello. Um, today we're, we're going to start on a little sort of uh, series. We're going to mini put, series. Mini series. I put the conspiracies to one side yep. for a little bit. Yep. Um, and then we're going to we're, we're going to talk about the um, societal collapse. Yep. A little mini series on societal collapse because I I'm of the, the fall of society. I'm of the believer that we're um, I'm of the persuasion. Sorry that we are literally living in the fall of Rome right now. Yeah. I think it's it's. You've literally said that and hope that people know what you're on about. <laughs> well, everyone knows Rome fell. Do they? You'd be surprised. Well, the Roman Empire. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't know that. Oh come on. We're history nerds. That doesn't mean everyone is. Yeah. So that's why I'm wearing my my Russian hat because obviously that was a put a, a sort of an attempt at a perfect utopia that fell, and this is a. We're going to talk about Universe 25, a perfect utopia that didn't work. Yeah, we're going to do a few episodes just basically covering the, the fall of society. And uh, this is the first one. This was an experiment. Basically, when was it conducted again? Um, it was conducted in... Uh, oh, cack. <laughs> <laughs> the article doesn't have the date. It this, was in the 70s. I this is much. how well prepared we are for every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It was in the 70s, and basically they were just doing an experiment to see whether or not they could create a utopia, and they were hoping to replicate sort of how the human society would react to that. And Ben is basically of the assumption, and I agree with him as well, is this is how it would go if humans had uh, a utopia. I actually think it's how it's going. Yeah, I think I think you're right, to be fair. You saying the fall of Rome, I think we're there, yeah. The, the start of it, early days. Although the fall of Rome did seem like a lot more fun. Yeah. A lot more decadence going on. Yeah. A lot well, more orgies. Yeah. Well, there's still time. I hope so. I hope the toga makes a comeback. Yeah, toga orgies. Yeah. Actually, I want to go, if we're going to go full fall of Rome, I want the whole breastplate. I want the red cloak. I want the plumed helmet. You're just going to be Maybe a wolfskin pelt across my shoulders. You're going to be the orgy going, I am Spartacus. Yeah, why the fuck not? <laughs> Yeah. Well, should we read a bit of context on this before we get into the nitty gritty of yeah. talking about it? So um, the Universe 25 experiment is one of the most terrifying experiments in the history of science, which through the behavior of a colony of mice is an attempt by scientists to explain human society. The idea of Universe 25 came from an American scientist, John Calhoun, who created an ideal world in which hundreds of mice could live and reproduce. Seems all right so far. All you gotta do is is eat and fuck. Yeah, and that's yeah. and it, it only boils down to that's all humans want to do is eat and fuck. Yeah, that's like two of our main driving factors. Yeah. There's like three or four. I can't remember what the other two are. Yeah, no, eat and reproduction. Eat. I think is the third one. It comes as fucking. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it is. Either way, um. So in the beginning, so more specifically, Calhoun built the so-called paradise of mice. That's got a nice mm. ring to it. A specially designed space where rodents had an abundance of food and water, as well as a large living space. And they did, they were like they had these little nesting cages, they were quite spacious, all the food and water they could possibly want. In the beginning, he placed four pairs of mice that in a short time began to reproduce, resulting in their population growing rapidly. However, after 315 days, their reproduction began to decrease significantly when the number of rodents reached 600. A hierarchy was formed between them and then the so-called wretches appeared. Oh. These are larger rodents, and they began to attack the group with the result that many males began to collapse psychologically. <laughs> As a result, the females did not protect themselves and in turn became aggressive towards their young. Did they kill their own? Yeah. Kill their young. Yeah. Wow. As time went on, the females showed more and more aggressive behavior, isolation elements, and a lack of reproductive mood. Must have met my ex-girlfriend. No! no. <laughs> um, there was a low birth rate, and at the same time, an increase in mortality in younger rodents. Mm. Then a new class of rodents appeared, male rodents, and the so-called beautiful mice. Yeah, the white supremacist mice. Every utopia has a group no, of supremacists. These, these weren't white supremacists. These are like... Um, like kind of effeminate male mice who oh, weren't okay. interested in the, the traditional Why were they the roles. perfect handsome mice then? They did all that spent all their time grooming at them. Oh, okay. Yeah. They so, did actually spend all their time grooming. Oh, I see. So they, they they literally looked better than the other mice. It was weird. 
they were the, like, oh, I don't want those fat female mice. Their coats were softer and shinier because they spent all their time grooming. Yeah, they're so, like, I don't want these fat females. I'll just reproduce with that guy, Jeff, over there. <laughs> He's as good looking as me. Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, they refuse to mate with the females. Because they're ugly and fat. Or to fight for their space. So he was like, you on the space, you take it. We're going to get cancelled for fat yeah. phobia. <laughs> all they cared about was food and sleep. At one point, beautiful males and isolated females made up the majority of the population. <clears throat> now, according to Calhoun, the death phase of the uh, this little utopia consisted of two stages, the first death and the second death. That sounds like a metal band. It does. Second death. Second death. <laughs> uh, the former was characterized by the loss of purpose in life beyond mere existence. No desire to mate raise young, or establish a role within society. As time went on, juvenile mortality reached 100% and reproduction reached zero. Wow. Yeah. Zero fucking. Among the endangered mice, homosexuality was observed, and at the same time, cannibalism increased despite the fact that there was plenty of food. So this is like almost going Mad Max style now. Yeah. But with more gay people. Well, gay mice. Yeah, if you watch Mad Max 2, I mean, Lord Jumungus's costume was pretty gay. <laughs> I don't mean that in a really bad way. It's just that it was very S&M, homosexual 80s club wear. <laughs> just pointing it out. Oh, that's it, man. Now we're getting cancelled for homophobia. Not homophobia, <laughs> just pointing it out. Lord Jumungus's leather straps was a, you know, it was a bit of an S&M thing going on, isn't it? Lord Humongous. Yeah, that was his name. <laughs> Yeah, the baddie from Mad Max 2 was called Lord Humongous. <laughs> Fucking sweet. Um, uh, right, wait, wait. Two years after the start of the experiment, the last baby of the colony was born, and by 1973, Calhoun had killed the last mouse in Universe 25. Wow. Because basically it was just falling a fucking part. Um, he repeated the same experiment 25 more times, and each time the result was exactly the same. Calhoun's scientific work has been used as a model for interpreting social collapse, and his research serves as a focal point for the study of urban sociology. Now, you could argue that we are currently witnessing direct parallels in today's society, <laughs> with weak, feminized men with little to no skills and no protection instincts, and overly agitated and aggressive females with no maternal instincts. You could argue that. There is a lot of agitated females out there. There are. Give them, a, give them a fucking bottle of cider and they'll quite happily punch you. <laughs> but no, so do we agree uh, that there's parallels within human society as of now and Universe 25? I'd say so, yeah. I do to a point. Um, I think that men aren't as... Uh, Let's, let's rephrase this. Right? <laughs> oh, no. All I'm going to say is... Go woke, man. You've got it. No. It's <laughs> hard times produce strong people. Oh, he's using the Joe Rogan. <laughs> and soft times produce soft people because we don't... If, you, if you're living like now, now is a soft time. I like how you like said people instead of men. Very inclusive. <laughs> I think it's... I, I, I don't think that um, the sex... Uh, gender matters in this scenario. No. Joe um, picked ma men. Yeah. I, I don't think gender really matters in this no, scenario. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think that if if you have literally every day you wake up and you have to go and work a very shitty, dangerous job to get enough money to put food on the table to feed your family, that's still providing, that's still putting yourself in danger. You are a, a harder person of that because you have suffered hardship in your life. You have oh, a yeah, higher definitely. tolerance to pain, emotional pain, everything. You know, Physical people pain. die. People die young. If you were living in the 1890s in this country, in Britain, then there was, wasn't, you know, if you made it through your childhood, that was fucking great. Yeah. You know, infant mortality was high. Go back even further to the Middle Ages, you were lucky to make it past seven. And if you did, well, fucking hell, there wasn't much going to stop you then, apart from war or famine. There was always a war, though. War, famine, or the plague. Yeah. But, you know, is what I'm trying to say. So we live in a very soft time. There's, yeah, we do. Yes, there is hardship in, in, in certain areas. And of course, like you just said, going to work it provides hardship. But and, and for the it's most part... It's hardship, isn't it? It's not we as are, intense. We are a softer people yeah. now than we were, I don't know, let's go back to 1944 
Mm -hmm. Could you imagine today's 18 to 20 year old storming the beaches of Normandy? No. Now this may you just... have to get them off their smartphones. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. I'm just tweeting at the beach. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Mark just shot, got shot. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Little bitch. <laughs> but, yeah. And then Mark just likes it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Mark, you're such a simp. <laughs> you know, people who be taking selfies with dead bodies. and They like... would be. But just um, that's my point. And I think that that's the thing. If you give everybody what they want, then what's there to fight for? Nothing. What is there to get out of bed in the morning for? Nothing. Well, that's why we have so many people that are depressed now because they don't feel like there's anything to get up for. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the mental, Ill mental illness has always sort of fascinated and puzzled me. Yeah. Because it's hard to imagine that. My granddad going to work on a building site in 1930-something, uh, he didn't have time to be depressed. Yeah. He just went and did it. Um, and then he went off to fight in a world war. Yeah. I mean, he, he may well have had PTSD. I don't know, because he never fucking let on, let on he did. There was no signs. I think people dealt with it differently back then. Well, I've always thought, and obviously depression is a serious thing, and oh, me and you have both dealt with it. And isn't it Men's Health Week this week or something? Men's Mental Health Week or something? Oh, it could week? be. I think it is, yeah. But um, just want to say actually that suicide is like the leading cause of death at the moment yeah. with men in their thirties. So it is. Yeah. If you are thinking about doing that, don't. And if you really want to speak to someone, you can message us. What you want to do is you want to start paying us money monthly so we can put out even more podcasts. And That's I am going to go to work, do. and I'll be a happier person as a result. And then, <laughs> and then if you pay us, we'll be happy. <laughs> and then you'll feel happy for making us happy. And Sean will kill himself. Yeah, exactly. Why is it me? He's <laughs> just there sharpening some knives. <laughs> kill himself. leave those there. He fell on six knives. How did that happen? In his back. In his back. Weird. Anyway. No, yeah, it, but um, sorry, just to finish off what I was saying is um, basically, I do think it's a serious condition, don't get me wrong, but it is having the convenience to have depression. We live in a society where we have the convenience. At the time. You know, places that have famine now, like like places in Africa where there's famine or you're you're struggling to get water, they don't have time for depression. Oh, no, they're just depressed all the time. They just, yeah. just there's no other way of life. Yeah, I That's do, how they just used I do to it. think that when you have external things that create reasons to survive, you have less time to think of that existential crises. Yeah. So, like, you're, oh, not, yeah. you're not thinking about what is the point of life, what is the point of my existence, when you're thinking, man, I really need some food, and I haven't drank in three days, and I can yeah. barely open my eyes because I think I'm a, ill. And there's a gang of rebel warlords yeah. coming over the hill in a Humvee. Yeah. You know. So when, when those things... When you and have, then you get drone striked. When, yeah, when you have those... Oh, man, yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know... Biden, to... Biden strikes again, literally. I think it's every US president since Bush, yeah, to be true, fair. True. They do like drone striking. Why did we give them that technology? <laughs> it's the aliens, mate. Yeah, yeah. All Eisenhower's fault. It is. Damn him. <laughs> but no, I mean, I see men, really, and, and women too, we, we've kind of lost purpose. Yeah. I think we've lost a bit, lost our way a little bit in, in society and as a a species certainly in the so-called more civilized West. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, because things are pretty good, I mean, all right, I, I, I work in a warehouse. I don't earn a, a massive wage. I earn enough to get by on. Um, but I, I've got a roof over my head. My bell is full and I'm warm, which yeah, really you, is all I all you need in life, isn't it? Shelter, enough, food and warmth. Yeah, you earn enough of niceties. Yeah, you I can know, buy, you buy funny hats. You buy funny hats. You can buy beer whenever you want. To an extent, <laughs> yeah. Until you run out of money. True. <laughs> you know, you have enough money for niceties, and and that's like pretty much all we can ask for, isn't it? That's food, it. Food, shelter, enough to live a little. That's it, isn't it? But I, I suppose the work-life balance nowadays is such that I have, I guess, I have more free time. Some people don't have a lot of free time. I have a, a the evenings free or mornings free, depending on what shift I'm on, to fill however I want to. Yeah. And that then gives me a toast time to binge watch four seasons of My Hero Academia in three weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You're like, shut up, man. <laughs> don't, don't tell them what I'm watching. Don't tell people I'm becoming an anime nerd. You are. <laughs> I've, ch I've changed you. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> that sounds creepy. It does. And it so, was meant to. So, I mean, what do you think, Sean? Are you are you down with the, um, the fact that maybe we are, as a society, do you think we've peaked? Do you think the need... Actually, it is a good question. Do you think there needs to be... You've asked me one already. <laughs> an, an, double barrel. A double barrel question. Yeah. Do you think there needs to be some kind of harshness to society? Ooh, good question. It was actually going to be part of my answer. Do you think there needs to be... Like, okay, yes. I mean, so let's take me as an example. Average working man. I go to work for eight hours a day. I come home. Is there a way to toughen that up? Should we, you know... What should I do? Should I have to go and do an assault course after work? Maybe do some boxing? <laughs> I That was a lot of questions. Um, to base, basically, uh, sort of answer all three of them, I guess, is I think that everyone dreams of a utopia. We all want... Basically, every human being is chasing heaven, aren't they? That's, that's what they're chasing. In the real yeah. world, we, we chase it through spirituality, religion... Uh, drugs anything we're trying to chase that utopia that heaven in the real world i prefer the drugs to spirituality yeah but you, you get what i'm saying every human chases their own version of heaven yeah? yeah you know your heaven is having a couple of beers and smoking a couple of joints isn't it that's heaven for allegedly you. allegedly Alle yes allegedly we don't condone anything like that <laughs> no but that that's your perception of heaven isn't it that's, that's a good that's, that's what a good I time did, that's what i that's what i would hyper could hypothetically do to chill out yes, yes. Hi well hypothetically that and a festival, hypothetically, all three of those oh, would be heaven for you. Yeah? yeah. So everyone's chasing that sort of ideal. That that's a pretty easy heaven to get to as well, actually. Do it for five <laughs> days a yeah, year, every you, year. You set the, the bar low on that. You didn't ask for much. You're like, a simple guy. Simple man, simple pleasures. That's it, man. You know, we're all chasing that. Give, give me fucking, give me food. <laughs> <laughs> give me music, give me beer. and give I me. I thought you were going to start that song then. I don't know what song is. Oh, I can't remember it now. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, where was I? I've lost track now. Yeah, we, we all are chasing that heaven, that sort of perception of utopia. So that's all it is. We're, we're told from kids, you know, oh, eventually you'll go off to heaven and whether or not you believe all that crap. But um, it is literally just chasing after utopia. But human beings don't really actually want that. We, we put ourselves into circumstances so that we suffer. We literally will do something like... Um, uh, I don't know, uh, do a job we don't want to do for, for years, you know, and we'll keep doing that. You know, you don't enjoy your job, do you? No. But you'll probably keep doing it for a while because we feel like we need to suffer or we'll put ourselves in a bad relationship because we feel like we need to suffer. Or we'll... Um, deliberately self-sabotage a relationship. Yeah, but everyone does it. Everyone, they're just like, that's not just even you. That's just characters of, of what everyone does. I've done that before. I wasn't talking about me specifically. No, but you have done those things. Oh, yeah. Just as I have done those things. You know, we, we are... Human beings as a species define ourselves by our, our suffering. All right, we Agent all Smith. Huh? We all do. So, and as I was, was going to say, the Matrix line where Agent Smith says, oh, when we, when we first produced the Matrix, yeah. we, we made it as a utopia. No one got sick. No yeah. one had any wants or anything like that. And we lost entire batches because we can't comprehend that. Yeah. We And that bit of the we, script was probably written from that experiment. Yeah, we define our existence through suffering. suffering. We do. Literally. And... When, when we, like you said earlier, like you go off to work and stuff and you do suffer a little bit, you then go home and you do feel a little bit better than the guy that chose to sat at home and choose, choose to opt out that day, choose yeah. not to do anything. You're like, well, at least I'm not as bad as the guy down the street that literally didn't work and then went and sat at the park and drank himself till he passed out. I mean, it's awful that he's living his life that way, but it makes you feel a little bit better that you, you did a bit more. Hey, at least I can always look down at him. Yeah, but he's the same, you know. He's, he's chosen to put himself in eternal suffering he thinks he's getting pleasure from passing out on a park bench every week but all he's doing is putting himself in constant a constant vicious cycle of suffering because we define ourselves by it yeah we're obsessed with it we're obsessed with put self-sabotage everyone does it you know we, we don't want perfection we don't want utopia and um it is caused by weakness you know we're, we've all got that weakness in us we all want to say um, oh yeah, you know, it'd be easier if I don't do that or it'd be easier if I don't do this or, you know, oh, it won't matter, they won't find out, you know, stuff like that. Dangerous yeah. dangerous thought processes that we just basically think, you know, no one will never ever know or, you know, if I don't do this, no one will care. You know, that's that's the most dangerous thing. When you think that your existence is so pointless that you think, oh, no one will care if I do this, so I might as well just do that. You spend all day grooming myself. <laughs> that's what these mice did. Yeah. The pre-mice did. Yeah, well, that's all it is. You'll opt to do something you want to do 
rather than trying to benefit your life or benefit someone else's life or, you know, striving for something new. You know, when was the last time anyone in your life learned a new skill? Been a while. Because people get stuck in these habits of just enjoyment or not doing anything. You know, it, it's it's hard for people to go and improve themselves and improve the world. And you're right, we are in the fourth society because people are opting for short-term pleasures, short-term enjoyments over long-term gains, long-term long gains. Gains. You know, that, that long-term sort of, they get something amazing in their life and maybe they, or maybe they improve someone else's life. You know, how many people do you know that, that go and do charity these days? Not many. Yeah. How many people, you know, just go and do something good just because they, they think they should do it? You know, one or two. Yeah. I know people who get involved in a charity. Yeah. And they don't say trumpet that about either. Yeah. Would you argue is a question. I mean, obviously the men in, in Universe 25 suffered uh, just as much as the women, obviously, but they really sort of reversed their roles, whereas before they went from being... Well, so did the women. Well, yes, I know. You think about yeah. it, they became more aggressive. But in our society, do you think men have become demasculated? Well, again, like you said, that is mimicking our society. Women mm. are becoming... So traditionally, and the feminists are going to be very angry at me now, traditionally women usually are... <laughs> to quote Jordan Peterson, they are usually more feminine. They are usually more agreeable. They are usually, you know, they're, 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 they're caregivers. They're, they literally are called the fairer sex. Whereas men are usually the more dominant, the more aggressive, not always, but psychology will tell us that tends to be the way. But as time goes on, women are starting to become more aggressive, you know, more dominant, more manly, more, more masculine, manly, in, their, more in, their, masculine. In, their, in their behavior. And that's fine. You know, you can do that if you want to, but as a society that has a, that can have a negative effect because what do the men do? I mean, men and women are made to reproduce. If all of the women start doing that, all the women, all the men have to do the opposite because men and women are different. And that's why they're, you know, they're attracted together. But then men, I mean, we've evolved as being um, providers, hunters, protectors. We don't need to do those things anymore. And so if you, all that's taken away from us, then what is our point? Yeah, it's a fair I mean, point. if I was to have a family now, let's say I've got a, a wife and two kids. I haven't, but let's say I have for this, this thing. He does, he's hiding them. Yeah, it's a secret family. I keep them in Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, let's just say that they go, okay, Ben, you actually don't need to provide for your family anymore because here you go, here's some food every week, your rent's being paid, your bills are being paid. What the fuck do I do then? Yeah. How do I make myself feel good about being a man? How do I make myself being, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing in, in society. Everyone has a role. And if you opt out or you don't have a choice and you're just forced to opt out, then what's the point in you even existing? That's a scary thought, yeah. isn't it? What's my role? Yeah. It's like all those centuries and generations of evolution and, 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 uh, and behavioral evolution especially has led me to nothing yeah which is you know he's going to end up like like those people in wally yeah just really fat, fat. on a hover coach yeah. well that's the way it's going it's like uh, to quote jordan peterson again because this is literally delving into the human psyche is um well it's going to be a rough quote so i can't remember it entirely you're paraphrasing paraphrasing him. yeah he, he's literally says that um in order to be a man a successful man in life and relationships and everything not not just you know to be a good man you have to, you know, you're taught that you need to be, you know, placid, soft, kind, you know, all those things. But to be that sort of weak, sort of timid male doesn't make you a good man. No, because that's not what women want. Yeah. They want biologically a deep down yeah. in their psyche. Yeah, well, it doesn't make you a good man anyway. You're basically being a people pleaser so that society will accept you. That doesn't make you good. That's just your only option. No. He says, and then to go on to finish off his quote is, you need to, to be a true man, you need to become a monster and then learn to control it because then you have the ability to protect, to hunt, to do anything that, that society and your family needs to provide. And then you can then choose to be a good person. You know, you're not a good person if you, you, don't, if you can't choose. If you have to be a good person because that's your only choice, you're not a good person. If you can have the, the decision to be a really bad, evil person, but every day you wake up and go, I'm going to do right by society, I'm going to do right by my family, then you have become a good man.
My God, it's like My Hero Academia. Yeah. All those heroes. They... <laughs> Anime nerd. <laughs> All those heroes. They haven't got to be heroes. No. They could quite happily just go off and be villains. It's yeah. what's inside them that makes them want to protect and to yeah. serve and to save. Endeavor, All Might, two of the strongest characters in the series. They could literally destroy cities. They could rule the, the planet like kings. They are polar opposites in a way. They are. But they both choose. They're both, exactly. They're polar opposites, but they both choose the same path. Yeah. The path of, I, I am a monster. I have so much power I could wipe out a city. But I wake up every day and I choose to do the right thing. You know, a man that wakes up and he doesn't have that power doesn't choose to be a good man. He has no choice but to be a good man. Otherwise, society won't accept him. That's not a, that's not a good person. I think the, I'm going to quote Faithless. <laughs> Go on then. Keep the beast in your nature under ceaseless attack. Yeah. Because we've all got it in us to be, to be assholes. Yeah. But we can still be good people without yeah. being, you know, just what society wants. You know, we, we, we sleep soundly in our beds because rougher, violent men do justice, do yeah. dish out violence while we're asleep to protect us. Yeah. That's paraphrasing all oh, well. You know, you always need that element of, of hardness in society. You do. Otherwise the whole thing just goes to shit. Yeah. There's um I can't remember his name, but there's a soldier. He's quite famous. He wrote a book, and he said, um, again, I'll be paraphrasing because I heard this a couple of years. I think it was last year or the year before. He basically said that um, to be a protector of society, to be a soldier, you have to be a wolf. No, he says no. Sorry, you have to be a dog. Sorry, was it a dog? I'm completely ruining this now. Basically, most of society are sheep. Yeah, and he is. Yeah, that's it. He's the sheep dog. And he protects them from the wolves. And he said, but then yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as the wolves are gone, the sheep want you to act like a sheep. The sheep don't because want it, yeah. you remind them of the wolf. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but then when you become the sheep to make the sheep feel comfortable and the wolves come again, who do the sheep hide behind? That's it. <laughs> You know, we need tough people. It doesn't have to be men. There's plenty of tough women out there. It just has to be people that aren't afraid to bear their fangs for good. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, we're using men. Obviously, we are men. So it's like we're using that. But there's plenty of, of tough women out there who are also very maternal, caring women. Yeah. There's very a lot of men like that. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, apparently being a father does change you. It makes you, takes that edge off your anger your, that you had when you were younger, your aggression, and just take the edge off it. In most so. cases, I think so. From what I've seen, but that anger and the thing is then is pushed towards protecting your young. Yeah. So you know, instead of just starting on a bloke in the pub, anyone comes near your kid, instead you're punching them. Yeah. Kind of thing. I've seen. To I've simplify s- that, I've seen people that would have got into horrible brawls, but once they become parents, they're like, you know, I need to walk away. It's not worth it. Yeah. You know, you temper that that violence, that rage. Don't want my kid to grow up without a parent. Yeah. You, uh, but then you would gladly kill someone who tried to harm your child. You Absolutely. Know? That rage is still there. It just changes. You know, my dad's, I'll give you one last example of that, is my dad is a very, do you think I'm laid back? Mm. My dad's even more laid back, very placid man. Yeah. Um, next door, uh, where we lived when I was a kid, their teenage son was killed by a guy who was sniffing glue and driving a car. Oh, wow. That guy, because he was a drug addict, got off with only a few years in prison. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, That's shocking. Knocked him down off his bike. He was a keen cyclist, the, the lad was. Yeah. Um, he said the devil made him do it. He was in the back seat and he was sniffing glue and driving. Really? Yeah. He, he got. A, I think he got sort of like five years tops. And he said That's shocking. That, that guy was walking around the local high street. The guy's dad, where he saw him, my dad said, I would have got a gun and I would have killed him and I'd have gone to jail for the rest of my life, but he wouldn't have lived. Yeah. And I'm, and he's, I'd have got a gun from somewhere and that man would be dead. Yeah. yeah and I think that that... Took that, your child away in no remorse. Yeah. Just because you're calm and you're placid doesn't mean you're weak. And no. people mistake that sometimes. Sometimes people mistake kindness for weakness as well. They do. And that's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. So back to society, just yeah. to, to conclude this. Yeah. So what could we do to get back on track? I mean, I'm not saying that we've all got to go down, go down pit and mine and <laughs> get really shitty jobs and start breathing in coal smoke and living very short, hard, unpleasant lives. Mm. But there must be something we can do to change out of this because we're almost at a role reversal in a way of, of the sexes, yeah, or the genders, or whatever the fucking hell you want to call it now, because. 
I think it's um, it's it's a multitude of problems, isn't it? It is. It's like uh, first of all, society society wise, we need to stop chasing this dream of utopia. We're never going to have a heaven. It's never going to be a a real thing. We will have the earth will basically be hollowed out for resources and eventually we'll leave it and we'll go to another earth that looks similar oh, if we'll we just hollow out space if we survive long enough you know we'll have space stations we will see our descendants will see shit we will never get to experience and it'll be yeah. an incredible future that they will get to experience but it won't be utopia because it doesn't exist and it'll never exist ooh, so we need ooh. to stop chasing it have you seen the spacex shuttle toilet you sent me the, the picture of it. I want to use that toilet. <laughs> I know. We'll probably never get to experience anything like that. Yeah. Sorry, listen, it's, it's like this glass cupola above the, uh, like a dome, and you know, the toilet is above it, and you can just look out, and you've got this 360 view of space in the earth. And it's like, I that would to, be awesome. I want to take a dump and look at the earth like that in space. When you listen to society now, it is more polarized than ever politically. Of course it is. And but that's the way we've been uh, mm -hmm. Pushed. And That's both, where we're kept. Yeah, both sides are arguing. On your furthest sides, if you're talk, not talking about all the things that they hate and all that, just talking about their political ideals on the furthest sides. So you've got really pro-capitalism. You are really pro-communism. Both sides think that their side is the right one. And both sides think that it will lead them to utopia. And neither of them will. Nah. Neither of them will. One will take us to space and traveling and we'll have McDonald's in. And the other one will probably take us to space and it won't have McDonald's. There you go. That's out it. the two, I'd rather have McDonald's? the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. your difference. That's your difference, and that's if both of, both of them don't destroy each other or destroy themselves. But then again, we're not going to get utopia. So we need to first of all, we need to stop trying to chase that dream because it doesn't exist and it never will. What we should be trying to do is just trying to improve our own lives and improve the lives in our immediate vicinity. The best way to get to the closest thing to utopia is trying to improve twenty people's lives in in your within your life. Just twenty. Just pick twenty people and go, how can I improve their life while I'm on this earth? Just do that. That's easy. Anyone can do that. And you will find yourself so much closer to utopia. The closest we'll ever get. That's more of a spiritual thing, isn't it, in a way? Not even just spiritual. It's just about trying to get people, like, there is things that we can do for people to make their lives better. You yeah. know? Um, you know, I'll try and think of an example. Like, um, one of my clients, Sam, you know, he thinks that his life is better because, yeah, he paid me for a service. I'm, <laughs> I'm a personal trainer. If anyone doesn't know, I sounded dodgy. Yeah, but I helped him get somewhere he didn't believe he could get on his own. <laughs> So I've yes, it was I was getting paid for it, but at the same time, so technically he helped improve my life. I was able to buy a house with some of the money he gave me, and I was able to help him improve his life. He's way more confident. He has a better physique. He, he's much happier, and he didn't think he'd get there on his own. You know, that's one person I've helped. You know, if we all try and aim to do that, it doesn't matter if we get something back or if we don't. In that instance, I did. You know, but there is instances where you can do that and not get anything back. I lifted a pallet up for a girl at work. There you go. Today. There yeah. you go. That made her life easier. It did. She, I didn't lift any of the others because I wasn't there, but you know. Maybe she, she could have got hurt that time. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she was trying to get gains and you stole them from her. <laughs> I I stole some of her gains my own. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's easy. <laughs> but if we if we aimed for that, that would help. Um also as well, um, in society is we need to stop trying to push. Uh, our own ideals on people constantly have that the problem we have now is in the next sort of couple of generations is we're pushing so hard for men and women to be equal in every way and we're not we're different and nobody wants to talk about that nobody wants to say we're different women are better than some things and men are better at some things we are not going to be equal in everything yeah but then you can you confuse everything by throwing the whole trans issue in there yeah but just with those two things alone we have this massive debate and everyone's going, oh, you know, equal rights, equal this, equal that. And it's like everything isn't going to be equal. Never like, has been. Women, uh, well, not women, feminist, political feminists are pushing and pushing and pushing for women to be as wealthy as men and to have the same equal pay. When the reason, the main reason why women don't have equal pay is they don't jump into STEM jobs. Uh, which is like science, technology, uh, engineering, I think. Um, I forget, mathematics. Yeah. I think that's all of them. They're not going into those fields because it doesn't interest them, and they're trying to force women to get interested in things. Some not do. Not all of them. Oh, yeah, I'm not generalizing at all. So there's there's some incredible scientists, some incredible, you know, in every field, there's incredible men and women. But what I'm saying is, like, when they took 
groups of children and tested them on these fields, women weren't interested. Uh, there, hardly any women are going into they technology. They like the caregiving thing. They yeah. like to be a nurse they, or yeah. a teacher or, yeah, that, you know. Jordan Peterson, again, the, the number one thing they found when they researched a bunch of ch children and adults, men and women, was that men care about things, women care about people. No. And that's what it comes down to, which is why women go into teaching. They go into um, healthcare. They go into so you get you do get quite a lot of female doctors because that, do? that's that's healthcare. You know they go into all of that thing, and men go into technology, machines. You know that's engineering. That's and that's where the money is. That's all it comes down to. You know, um, hardly any women have picked technology. It, it, they literally, I think, even our government does it, and that's a Tory government. They push for um, like classes and groups where girls are encouraged to get into IT because none of them want to do it. Something like 1% do it out of all of the, all of the females. Yeah. Whereas like boys, almost every single boy you find has a laptop and they're on it all the time. They're obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it. <laughs> well, look at, um, if you take the armed forces, for example, most women who join the armed forces end up as, uh, as either uh, as medics. Yeah. You know, that's a bit of a generalization. Women do other things. They can't fight in the infantry yet, but some will. Yep. But a lot of them are attached to those units as medics, yep. or they're even veterinarians in the army, or they're, you know, not roles where that's set. I mean, when I was a kid, I was given toy guns by the fucking bucket load. Yeah. And that wasn't just because my parents were warmongers and wanted it's what to be you wanted. It was, that was, that was, those are boys' toys then. Yeah. Boys had toy guns. The problem and girls is, had dolls the problem that was, is, is that was we, 1980 we're now told that's because um, corporations were trying to push that on us so that we would play with specific toys. Mm. But it's not true. We like they did a load of tests on it. They bought like in like five toys and gave them to a boy, and they gave like five toys to a girl and said pick one. And the boys always picked like a truck or a car, yeah. and the girl always picked a doll or almost always. And then they did they, they did it in a Scandinavian country. They took. A bunch of girls' toys and gave them to the little boy and made him play with them for months. And they took a bunch of girls' toy, uh, boys' toys and gave them to the girl and made them play for like a couple of months. And then they gave them their their genders normal toys. And then at the end of the experiment, said pick which ones you want, and they always picked their gender toy. Yeah. So we are different. We always will be different. Can't make us the same. And in those Scandinavian countries, what they're currently trying to do is push more and more for equality of like sort of outcome trying to get all of the kids on the same sort of path you know we need to have say 50 percent of people in science that are male and 50 percent of in science for female and all that's doing is that's actually pushing more of a rift yeah you can't, the two force, you can't force it man and what's happening now you can google this because i think it's sweden in sweden what's actually happening and the the government i think it's sweden anyway the government is actually trying to make it illegal they're trying to change the laws on it is that scandinavian men are looking at marrying um thai women that are emigrating over right. because they don't want to marry their own women right. and it's become such a problem they're looking at changing the law because they've got an abundance of sing single females and Taiwanese women. Yeah. Well, no, the reason is, is because these, these women, they're, they're basically being raised like men. Yeah. So men, men aren't finding them attractive. Yeah, men don't, well, on the whole, men don't tend to find other men attractive unless they're gay, of course, you know. So what, what's happening is they're seeking more feminine women. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So the whole trying to make everything the same and equal and utopian, trying to make perfection will never exist because... People are different. Some people work harder. Some people don't work as hard. Some people are more masculine. Some people are more feminine. Some, you know, some people like more masculine women. Some people like more feminine men, and that's great and that's fine. But as a whole, that's not how it works. Nah. And trying to pretend like we can get somewhere where you can have equal amounts of masculine and feminine men and equal amounts of feminine and masculine women is just crazy. No, you can't just push that shit. And the more you push, the more people will push back. Yeah. Because they deep do. down, no one likes being told what to do and what to think. Nope. So, yeah, utopias, all it, all not all they're does, up to be. All it does is they end up eating each other. <laughs> yeah. This is what will happen next. And the birth rate drops off, which it is as it is. happens. Yeah. You know, the birth rate in the West is falling. They said it would massively stagnate by the 2060s, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that's because nobody is procreating. <laughs> no, they're all too busy looking at their phones. Yep. Technological addiction, depression, reliance. Reliance on drugs. Wait till the sex bots come out. 
Wait till the sex bots are affordable. Yeah. No one's going to be fucking. I guess everyone's going to be at home fucking yeah. their sex bot. And then there's jealousy as well. Like, there's so much jealousy in this world now between everyone. Everyone is jealous of what other people have. It's ridiculous. You know, you've you've got so many people that literally, uh, they, they're jealous of what their friends have. Oh, you know, that person's uh, making more money than me. It's like, yeah, but what did he do to, do to make more money? Oh, well, he's friends with his boss. Was it just he was friends with his boss or did he put in more hours and that's how he got friendly with his boss? Yeah. You know, everyone likes to jump to the assumptions now that the reason why everyone's doing better in this world is because they've got a cheat code. But that's not, the, unless you were born rich, which obviously some people are, and they tend to stay rich, don't they? They do. You don't get rich by giving your family money away. tends to control their wealth until they're smart enough to control it themselves. But a lot of the time, there's not a cheat code. If somebody, if you're working class and someone makes it to middle class and they were working class before, give them a pat on the back. Don't don't say, oh, class traitor. Yeah, class straight. That happens though, doesn't it? You does, yeah. see it all the time. There's, oh yeah, he's. I bet he'd be voting Tory next. He's a class traitor. It's like. Well, he might do because it'll protect his wealth. He's just recently got his life has just got better, and he's got to protect his kids now. I mean, um, Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour, Sir Keir Starmer, Labour the leader, he gets loads of stick off off the uh, more left of the party because All oh, he's a sir, he's a sir now. Yeah, he yeah. earned that. He fucking earned it, man. Yeah. Should he denounce something he earned just because it makes you feel uncomfortable because you think he's now part of the wealthy class? His parents were middle class. His parents were working class. Yeah. He was named after the founder of the Labour Party. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, don't get me wrong, I, I think Jeremy Corbyn's an all right dude, but I'm pretty sure his family were wealthier than Keir's and everyone said he was the working class man. Yeah. As he, I, what, what did he even do before he was a politician? Keir was a lawyer. What did he do? I don't know what Corbyn did. I think, no idea. I think he's always been a politician. I think he's always been a politician. So, and yet... Everyone says that Corbyn was the man of the people, and Keir has actually been a man of the people. So, and don't get me wrong, I'm not pro either of them. I'm just saying that our, our perceptions of things can be quite silly. They can sometimes. The important thing, as always, is to keep an open mind. Yeah, don't, listen to both sides of an argument. Don't judge don't people. Don't jump into one camp and stay there. Be prepared to listen, but also remember. Yeah, you got attacked by the far left the other day. Yeah, and I'm I'm well, I'm a left of center guy. Yeah, slightly left of center, probably more center. I was getting attacked by the left because I told them they were sh they weren't funny. Yeah, and the thing is, I was called everything under the sun, a bootlickers. What what he said just wasn't funny. Because you you literally the said, left can't do humor. I'm sorry. <laughs> neither can the far right, but no. neither can the far left. Yeah. All you said. All is, the best comedy is central. Damn it. Yeah. All you said was, I think this joke is crap. And some guy said, How does that boot taste? Yeah. <laughs> just because it was a joke about the Tories, and you're like. I literally thought, all I thought when you sent me that was, uh, you know, that meme where, where uh, Anchorman, where he's like, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Here's Some woman started going on at me about bloody oh what was it I said you the screenshot yeah about the the BB about Britishness and the programs having to be more British I'm like I never said any of that I just said this wasn't funny <laughs> and she's like oh yeah you did sorry yeah and he's like well thank you yeah it was just literally a joke a joke that you were like that's a shit joke try hard <laughs> you're a mean page oh <laughs> uh, well yeah but that's the thing isn't it it's like they they're that they're that far gone. And we're not attack attacking the far left because, like Ben said, he is—he was more left. He's now becoming centre left because he keeps getting attacked by the far left. I just think that so, if you go, I've come to the conclusion that if you go too far to either the same, side, you're, the same. you're pretty much the same, and yeah. you're an extremist. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. He says where he goes for Soviet. You're right, though. You are right. You're 100 right. If you go far left or far right, you are an extremist. And it's proof of that because all he did was said that a far left joke was was crap, and they literally called him a bootlicker. Well, whose boots is he licking? Yeah. The centres or the joke police? It's like who are you going after? If the joke police was a thing, I'd have been arrested a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, probably so would I. <laughs> <laughs> I send you jokes all the time, and some of them are crap, <laughs> like the T one earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, still, you can't laugh at yourself. True. But uh, yeah, Let's I just wrap this up. Yeah, I just think that you've you've just you've got to look from both sides. And if you've gone so far off the off the sort of end where you think you're one side is 100 percent right and the other side is evil, or if you think taking the middle the middle ground is evil, then you've just lost the plot. 
completely lost the plot. And this is why society is falling and crumbling and eating itself. And another thing as well is all of the people that are commenting, the keyboard warriors, they wouldn't have said that to you in person. They just the fucking they, ass. That's yeah, why they just shit themselves. They are literally like you've just said. They they were mostly. I, I said I read some of them. They were effeminate men. They were picking a fight because they. It's like Mike Tyson said. You know, technology and the Twitter and stuff like that has given us the ability to say whatever we want without the fear of getting a punch in the face. Yeah, people wouldn't have these strong ideals, or at least they wouldn't scream them down your, at your face if they feared getting hit. It's very true. And violence is the great leveller. It is. I don't care what anybody says. I always think violence has a place in society. Oh, yeah. We right? should always try and do things diplomatically. But at the same time, even our own freaking diplomatic governments bomb a country that disagrees with them enough. You know, at the end of the day, violence is the ultimate form of authority. If I punch you and you go down, I'm now in charge of you. Yep. And, you know, that can be either physical or it can be a, or it can be a metaphor. And anyone who says otherwise is ridiculous, really, because literally it happens in every country. It's happening right now. Starship Troopers, their entire society founded on violence, yeah. really. It's happening here. The Taliban are in charge again because they took it. Yeah. They beat everyone. They killed everyone. doesn't mean they're morally right. It just means they had the biggest stick. And if you always speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah. Or a little whippy one. They can be fun. Or even now in our own government, the Tories have been in charge for 10 years. Yeah. They're in charge because they swing more. <laughs> they hit more. Do a lot more drugs. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether or not people agree with them. They they, they perceive the Tories as more powerful than, than Labour. Yeah, and no one wants to be on the losing side, do they? Well, nobody wants to be on the weaker side. That's it. You know, I like Labour. I would probably vote Labour more than I would vote Tory, and I'm very central. We found out the other day I'm a libertarian, aren't I? Apparently so. Yeah, I, I'm pro-freedom. Should have got that from the fact that in one of our last podcasts I was shouting, freedom, freedom. <laughs> Did you have to paint your face blue? <laughs> I love that film. I know you hate it, but it's a great film. Freedom. Historically Terrible accent, accurate. though, isn't it? Oh, it's just Mel Gibson. He's <laughs> <a> twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, we went into a bit of everything there. We but, did. Well, um, that's just the start of our sort of society collapse it's interesting actually that we didn't really speak about the mice much we did at the start just to kind of talk about it I, I do think that it's a bit people would argue that it's weird to compare humans to mice but we do have our society does have a lot of similarities to mice we've been studying them for a long time it's the reason we always use them yeah we use them a lot because they do tend to act like us you know they've done a lot of tests on them there was that one that they did one day whereas if they hit the button they get the food. Yeah. They hit the button, they get the food. They hit the button, they get the food. And they did that for ages. And then eventually they stopped giving them food, but they still hit the button every day. And sometimes they would put the food in front of them and they would still hit the button. Yeah. Because we can be controlled, we can be conformed, we can be brainwashed. You know, we're exactly the same as the mice. And isn't that just all life is? Just hitting a button constantly, but hoping for a reward. Hoping for a reward. It's like the cheese experiment, isn't it? Yeah. They put the cheese in, they all run to the center. Yeah. yeah, the maze. We're all just chasing the cheese. It doesn't matter what it is. Money, women, men. Cheese. Cheese. It would be cheese for you. Yeah, I do like cheese. You know, we are all just chasing that. You, and that's the whole point, I guess, of what we've just tried to make. You take that cheese away, <laughs> what happens to society? Yeah, because before I had to, like, get you out the way so I could get the cheese. Yeah, you wanted the cheese. I want that cheese. You've done that before. I've got to get him out the way. He's done that before. He's like, is that the last of the cheese? And I'm like, maybe. He's like, save me some. <laughs> and I'm like there with like a knife, like make me. <laughs> <laughs> then I got him in an armbar. Yeah, you got a baseball bat, like okay. <laughs> and then he came, then he had a baseball bat with a nail in. <laughs> just escalated. Yeah, it just escalated to we're both pointing nuclear weapons at each other. Yeah, and nobody got the cheese. And then we just stood down because we didn't want mutually assured destruction. And the cheese rotted in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, the cheese went round. You just no one explained ate the Cold War. Pretty much. <laughs> it was all for a block of cheese. <laughs> It's worth fighting. Cheese is worth fighting for. It is, man. Die for cheese. But anyway, that's that to it. sum it up. That was a tangent near the end, wasn't it? <laughs> to sum it up, always chase the cheese. <laughs> always chase the cheese. Tell me my new life, Matto. You are right, though. When you take the cheese away, there's no reason, is there? There's no. no point. It's literally, that's it. That's why we, that's why we need reasons to get up every day. Of course. We all talk about wanting this wonderful life, this utopia. We we all think that we want that. We all fantasize about it, that we could have everything we dream about. But uh, if we actually had it, you know, people have had that and they've lost it all. 
They've thrown it away. They've killed themselves. They spent the money. Yeah. I mean, if you won the lottery tomorrow, most people. I mean, spend I wouldn't. It. I wouldn't work. Yeah. But I'd have to really get some fucking hobbies. So I'm not just lying in bed till one o'clock every you day. You would have to hire a financial manager because you, <laughs> you would just squander it in six months. You'd have like ten million. You'd be gone in six months. You would literally have to hire a financial manager that gives you like ten grand a month because you'd spend it. You'd spend it all. But what fun I'd have. Yeah, you And would. isn't all that what life is? It's all about having fun. Yeah, but you'd want it for the rest of your life. So you'd have to hire someone that managed yeah. your money for you. And then you'd have to, they'd have to have final say on your money as well. Because you'd be like, oh, man, I'm sure I really need that money. And they're like, you spent 10 grand in 18 days. So, yeah, I bought a jet ski. It's like, you're going to have to wait. You live in the middle of the country, Ben. There's nowhere yeah. to use it. You're going to have to wait. And then you'd be there on the street starving to death. <laughs> and, then you're like, and then your phone would go off. You're like, oh, my money went in. <laughs> just run to Greg's. <laughs> you'd be like, give me everything you have. <laughs> Actually, I'll buy the store. Nah, it's, it's always a gamble going to Greg's. You never know whether it's going to be warm or not, do you? And when it's cold, it tastes like shit. Yeah. It's yeah. either there's never the right temperature. It's either scalding hot or cold. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just wait for it to cool down. Then. No, you have to, but then there's a fine line, isn't there? <laughs> just hold it in your hand. It's complicated. Hold it in your hand. There's certain temperature variations. You've got the, the oh. ambient temperature. You've got indoor temperature, outdoor temperature. When it's cold, yeah, can. Who knows? When it's cold, you can actually ask for a new one. They have to give it you. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it's scalding hot, just wait. <laughs> just wait. No patience. Just be or. Something you're good at, just blow on it. <laughs> you seem to be the one who's got the perfect grip for holding a piece of pork in their hand. <laughs> well, of course. I've got two hands with perfect grip. Another <laughs> one isn't it's fucked at the minute. <laughs> yeah, injury. <laughs> then, yes. Thank you very much for listening. And then to sum up, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna say always, always chase the cheese. Always chase <laughs> that should be your new saying. I think it is. <laughs> You're gonna do that in your other podcast. Nah. Just throw it in and they'll Might have be, no they'll be, have no yeah. idea. Say it at the end. Yeah. Just be like, always chase the cheese. And I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> they won't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Always chase the cheese. Uh follow us on uh Facebook. Uh, Devil's Advocate YouTube. Uh, YouTube Devil's Advocate Podcast Spotify Spotify Apple Podcast Apple Podcast we have a Patreon but we doubt everyone's going to give us if you money. fancy give us a quid yeah that'd be nice you know yeah if you think that show is worth a pound or a dollar you know give us some money throw it throw yeah. it at us yeah we'd appreciate it I need new hats yeah communism's not paying the money no it's <laughs> paying not us any money no well, well, i went communist and all i got was this lousy hat yeah yeah i didn't even get one and then there was a tap by the far left i didn't even get one they told me i couldn't join because i liked freedom too much and those comrades would end up in the gulag yeah they were like wear the hat i was like hats don't suit me they were like you're not in <laughs> your loss yeah all right i've been sean thanks for listening bye we are devil's advocate